Good morning, Eastgate. How are we doing? Yeah, hey, let's all stand to our feet one last time. And let's give God a big shout of praise before we get into the message this morning. Come on, let's give you some praise like he's worthy. I love it. Man, we have had a powerful week of ministry this week. I'm so excited. Uh, we could spend all day just giving testimonies about what God has done uh, this week through the outreach ministries of the church. It's just amazing. If you're a guest here today, my name is Josh. I'm the pastor here, um, which means I'm the lead servant around here. So um, I'd like to get to know you before you leave today. So if you're here and you're a guest, don't get out of here before we at least get to talk. I'd love to know a little bit about your story and what brought you here today. So kick your shoes off and relax. You're, you're part of the family now. I hope you feel welcome here. But we've had a very, very, very busy week of ministry. I wish you could have seen the looks on people's faces when they were pulling into the parking lot at the gas station when we were giving away free gas and free turkeys. I wish you could have seen the tears in their eyes. I wish you could have seen how many people rolled in on empty and said we were their last hope for gas that week. I wish you could have seen the, the, the gratitude in their eyes and the excitement when they saw a church working with the police department and a radio station. And when they would ask why you guys are doing this, we would just say, because we just want to show the love of God to our community. And it just you see their faces light up. It was just awesome to see that. Um, Eastgate, we worked with the pantry also this week to help provide Thanksgiving meals. Listen to this, for 385 families in the area. So praise God for that. Come on, if you're going to praise him, praise him right. Uh, Wednesday night when we did the, uh, the Wednesday worship at Rainfire Arena with the radio station, I looked up at one point and I said, this has to be pretty close to what the upper room looked like when the Holy Spirit just dropped like a bomb in the book of Acts. Uh, it was so powerful and that was recorded live and it'll replay on the radio station. Uh, I believe this Wednesday it's going to play. So it's going to be powerful. You get to relive that if you weren't there uh, for that. It was just a great night, a uh, great night of ministry. Men, we had fun last night, didn't we? Oh, man, we came in here and had a blast for the men's hangout night. Busy week of ministry for the church. Nobody dethroned Lawrence and the Texas Hold'em tournament. I'm upset about that. Somebody suggested, though, that we check his sleeves next time. I didn't think about that. That joker might be cheating. I mean, it'd be sad to cheat at a free card game at a church, but... It is kind of funny that nobody's been able to dethrone him, but he, nah, I'm good. <laughs> we, we had fun last night. Hey, the game of cornhole was redefined last night. Um, you've never seen somebody make a 50-yard shot, a 50-yard hook shot, and just bullseye it. We saw that last night. It was fun. Uh, Travis Bell whipped my honey in foosball, so that was awesome. Then uh, we had a lot of fun last night. It's been a great week. Isn't it nice to have a good week? Yes. Yeah. Love that. Great week of, of ministry uh, for the church. We're going to wrap up this series that we've been in today called Nine Flavors. A look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit and how it impacts our lives. Have you guys have been enjoying this series? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope it's blessed you and helped you get a little bit closer to God and, and take another step in your walk with Him. I will say this before we get into this, though. 
so much coming up after Thanksgiving. Um, don't let it don't let it blow by you before you realize what's happening. December first, uh, first Wednesday, um, on the nineteenth of December. That's our big Christmas service here at the church, and we're going to have the Winter Wonderland again this year in the back. And we're going to use it for an outreach to our community. So we're going to have an awesome service in here. Okay, donuts with Santa starting out first, then service in here and then Winter Wonderland after service, and we're going to coordinate that for the community to show up at about 12 on that Sunday afternoon, and it's going to be a community outreach just like Fall Fest was. That's going to be a big day. It's going to be a big day. Why is it going to be a big day? Because we only had a couple of few thousand people show up for Fall Fest, so we're going to see how many people show up for the Christmas service, so don't let that sneak up on you. Um, A lot of great opportunities to serve will be coming your way. Uh, In case you haven't picked up on it yet, we're a church that loves to reach our community. And because we do that, um, we make make that a priority in what we do. Um, On December 12th, we're going to receive our annual Christmas offering as a church. Um, The last few years, we started a tradition where in December we have a Christmas offering to fund the outreaches of the church. That's the sole purpose of it. Not for Christmas bonuses or anything like that for the staff. It is to resupply the money pool so that we can start the next year without missing a beat and continue to reach our community. So on December 12th, uh, we'll be doing that, and that will fall into the 12-stone vision. You guys that are Eastgate family, you know what I'm talking about. That's just a vision fund that we have to further the ministries and the outreaches of the church. And so that's what that's going to go towards. So I'm excited about that too, um, refueling so we can continue to reach our community. Y'all think we've done a pretty good job reaching the community the last couple of months? Yeah, that's a direct result of people giving to the vision fund and making that available because it takes money to reach people. And Eastgate, we've been able to reach people because you've stepped up. So thank you for that. If you got your Bibles, open them up to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. You can get your tablets um, or whatever device you've got. Uh, open it up there. Um, if you want to cheat today, you can open up version and find the message notes on there as well. Uh, if you don't have a device or a Bible today, you can follow along on the screens. and uh, We've got all the Bible verses and stuff up there for you, so you can follow along without missing a beat. Y'all ready to dive into this? Yeah. If you're ready, let me hear you go whoop, whoop. All right, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, who produces the fruit in our lives? See, y'all got this question down. We have asked this every week because it's important to understand that the Holy Spirit produces this work in our lives. A lot of times believers get frustrated trying to make things happen on their own, and God never intended for us to make things happen on our own, especially in our relationship with him. If we could have saved ourselves, Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. So the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen where we're weak and to fill in those gaps where we can't do the things that need to be done, and he equips us. And one of the ways he equips us is by the fruit of the Spirit being produced in our lives. So what do you mean with the fruit of the Spirit? Stuff like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is what we're talking about today. Wouldn't you love to hang out with a person that was full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and they had the self-control to put it all together too? Man, what a stress-free person that would be to hang out with. Well, that's who God intended us to be. And that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit to equip us. 
Um, we're going to talk about self-control today. And I know if you're like me, you're like, great, self-control, right before Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Way to go, Pastor Josh. Let's preach about that after when we've all repented from eating so much food and, and, and done the God, please don't let me. If y'all ever ate so much for Thanksgiving, you literally said, Lord, please don't let my insides explode. You know, you know what I mean? Like you've been that, golly. So quick, quick poll. Um, we're in the South, but I'm finding that the tables are turning here because we have so many people moving from uh, way out West and from up North. Cornbread dressing or stuffing? All right, let me hear, let me hear, let me hear stuffing. You like stuffing for Thanksgiving? Yankees. 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 You can just profile in purposes. I'm telling you, these tactics will help you in a crowd. You know who you're dealing with. It. So, cornbread dressing, let me hear you if it's cornbread dressing. Yeah, see, so we're still, we're still looking good here. Hey, listen, people that eat stuffing, I, my wife loves stuffing, and so we compromise. She has her Thanksgiving stuff, and I have my Thanksgiving stuff, and we make it work. Uh, it is so, yeah, it, it's funny how people have their favorite foods. I think anybody that eats stuffing would put chili on spaghetti. <laughs> the, CJ Varney went, woo! I think that's an Ohio thing. Have you ever heard of that? People put like chili and cheese and stuff on top of like spaghetti noodles. And that's how they roll. That's how they eat chili. And I'm like, man, there are so many other food combos I go through before I landed on chili and spaghetti. But I guess it's good. I've never tried it, so I really can't knock it. It may be phenomenal. Uh, my life may be waiting to be changed. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm a cornbread dressing guy, no doubt. Uh, apple pie or pumpkin pie? Ooh, some of y'all got a little forceful with that. Hang on a second. Let's see. Okay, so let me hear it. Apple pie? All right, yeah. Pumpkin pie? Hey, sweet potato pie. Yeah, see, that's now you're getting into it. Y'all do the little canned cranberry stuff? Yeah. See, I could come eat with y'all, I think, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So why are we talking about self-control right before Thanksgiving and just ending everybody's fun? Hey, let me encourage you to eat with moderation, but have fun, though. We're, we're celebrating uh, family. We're celebrating um, thankfulness for God for providing to the founders of our country. Um, that first Thanksgiving when the settlers came in. Um, if you've never lived on five kernels of corn, then you don't understand uh, the celebration they had and why they had it. So I will tell you this. Um, spiritual self-control is not the same thing as discipline. And I think uh, we equate the two together, but they're not the same. Um, discipline can be accomplished by yourself. I can be self-disciplined in an area, but spiritual self-control is different. Now, discipline, I think, is an overflow of self-control, um, but it can be an act of sure will and determination uh, to discipline ourselves. To do anything, you can hit the weight room and put on 20 pounds of muscle if you're disciplined enough. Um, they're not the same. Take a business guy who uh, is just disciplined in what they do, what he does, very successful. And you can almost set your clock by his schedule. 
that discipline. Up at five every day. Um, at work 30 minutes before he's supposed to be there so he can organize his day before he starts the day. Incredibly productive through the day, successful at what he does, and he's got the bank account to prove that he's successful at what he does. Just, just a picture of discipline, but with all of that, though, he's an alcoholic. Disciplined in one area or two or three areas, but not ruler over all. And I think that's the difference between discipline and self-control. You look at a lady who is really good at working out and watching what she eats and only eats clean stuff that's organic and very careful about what she puts into her body at the gym, very disciplined, and, I mean, it's got a near-perfect body, and you think, wow, that's the picture of discipline right there, but you don't see that she gets her self-worth and her value from the opinions of other people, and she's incredibly fragile and shallow on the inside. And her whole worth is wrapped up in her appearance and not the content of her character and who she is as a creation of God. So discipline and self-control are not the same thing. In fact, if you want to say, the, I'll go further and say the, the fruit of self-control is only available to someone after salvation. After salvation. Because it comes as a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So you can be disciplined in areas of your life, but you do not truly operate in spiritual self-control until after salvation has taken place. It's only then that the Holy Spirit can produce his fruit in your life and produce that fruit of self-control as you're drawing closer to God. And he begins to equip you with that from the inside out. Does that make sense? So it's not the same thing. I'm not saying discipline is bad. Be disciplined. But if I had to pick between the two, I would land on spiritual self-control and trust the Holy Spirit to do in me what needs to be done instead of wearing myself out doing things that don't solve all the problems that are going on in me. Um, people quit smoking all the time without the help of God. People quit doing drugs all the time without the help of God. People quit drinking all the time without the help of God through Self, well, through discipline, they're able to do that. They're able to break the addiction, stop the habit. They're able to do that. But here's the deal. Acts of discipline, many times when we're trying to change things in our lives, only deal with symptoms. Especially when you're talking about addictions or behavioral problems or outbursts of anger and things like that. Those are symptoms. Only spiritual self-control can deal with the root issue. Through Christ. Um, for instance, you take somebody who, who is, is addicted to cigarettes, okay? That's pretty common. There's a lot of people um, that smoke. I know we've got some smokers in here, uh, and I'm not throwing shade at you, but just look at, at somebody that smokes. Most of the time, people start smoking because somebody they know uh, shares a cigarette with them, or they're in a peer group, and they, they tap out and just want to be cool like everybody else. Very few people look at a cigarette and say, I think I'm going to start that on my own and go pick one up and just go to town on it. But when they start doing that, they realize really quickly there's a benefit to smoking. That stuff called nicotine is a natural relaxer. It will calm you down. Y'all are looking at me like, I'm serious. Man, nicotine will calm you down. 
but it's also very chemically addictive at the same time. So they'll start smoking, and they'll realize that it calms them down, so it becomes a go-to to them. Now, this may not be your deal if you smoke. Everybody's their own special case. I get that, so if it doesn't apply to you, don't send me an email and say, that's not true about me. I don't need that. Send them to Pastor Jeremy. He loves emails like that, okay? He loves stuff like that. Um, so so uh, it, it relaxes, and we learn to go to the cigarettes to relax when we've had a hard day or an argument or a stressful situation. But what happens is the benefit is the hook because you get addicted to that stuff. And now you're like emotionally addicted to the nicotine because of how it calms you and you're physically, chemically addicted to it at the same time because nicotine does what nicotine does. So you quit smoking. I quit cold turkey or I quit over six weeks. You stop smoking, I beat it. Awesome. And then something stressful happens in your life. And you don't have your go-to anymore. So a lot of people start drinking. Or a lot of people start emotionally eating. Or they turn to something to compensate and bring... They'll, start, they'll quit smoking and they'll start using drugs to, to get the calm and to get the relax. And what's the issue, though? Is the issue the addiction? The issue is not the addiction. The issue is lack of peace. Lack of peace. That's the issue. You see what I'm saying? The, the, the symptoms we tend to deal with, but not the true cause of the issue. Peace, lack of peace is the issue. And so when Jesus comes into our lives, now we have his peace on the inside of us. You see what I'm saying? It begins to solve the true core problem and not just a symptom of what's really going on. And then the fruit of self-control comes in to put that pause on you when you want to go towards your little whatever that fills in the void and you hit pause and you begin to lean in on the peace of Jesus. See, love, joy, peace is a benefit of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. A lot of the things we turn to that we would call bad habits or we would call sin, according to Scripture, listen, these are things that we use to escape the reality of life because nothing's in order spiritually on the inside of us. You understand me? So, um, so you can treat the symptoms, but you're not curing anything in your life. That's why the fruit of self-control is only really available to someone after salvation. That control over emotions, that control over the peace that you operate in, that control over how you respond to things, that comes from the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Now, you can discipline yourself to stop stuff, but you're not really going to solve the problem until you let the Holy Spirit do his work in you through your relationship with Jesus. Okay? So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good foundation to lay to start, you know, to, before we get into the rest of this message. So, um, so it's incredibly important. The self-control is like the bridge that connects us to the other fruit of the Spirit. Because if someone goes off on you, or someone does you wrong, and you emotionally want to respond in anger or in a negative way, self-control says, Arr! no. Our emotions don't control how we're going to respond. We're going to put those to the side, even though they're legitimate, and they're real, and they're valid. I don't live controlled by my emotions, so they're a part of me, but they don't run me. I'm putting them over here, 
and I'm going to choose to be controlled in my response and operate and allow the fruit of love to come out of me towards somebody. Okay? Or patience in an issue. Or I'm going to choose to not freak out because of what's happened and allow it to ruin my day. I'm going to operate self-control and allow joy to do what it's supposed to do in my life. It's the bridge that connects us to the other fruit of the Spirit. It's incredibly important. And that makes sense? Yeah. Makes sense? So it's very important. Um, we're going to back up a little bit in the book of Galatians or the chapter, chapter 5 of Galatians. And we're going to complete this thought that Paul is presenting. And we've been focusing on uh, the latter part of this chapter. We're going to go back to verse 1. And I want to show you why. It is a paramount importance that we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does in our lives, to produce his fruit in our lives, and most importantly, to produce the fruit of self-control in our lives. Because without it, we're in a whole lot of trouble because it encompasses a lot more than just not eating the cheesecake when you want to eat the cheesecake. Okay, that's discipline. I guess you could stretch it and say it's self-control, but it's not spiritual self-control. And most people are devastated spiritually and have very little, if any, clout spiritually that they're operating in. They're operating down here instead of up here because they don't understand the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to control and lead their lives. So Galatians 5, verse 1, says, So Christ has truly set us free. Everybody say truly. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't get tied up again in slavery. To the law. Make sure that you stay free. Now, who sets us free? Christ. Christ sets us free. But whose responsibility is it to make sure that we stay free? It's ours. It's ours. So Jesus can do his work in our lives and set us free from sin and give us everything we need for life and godliness like the Bible says that we have. He can equip us with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then give us the Holy Spirit to equip us with power to be witnesses and give us all the authority and power that come with his name. But unless we choose to operate in it, it does us absolutely no good. And it's like having a brand new Ferrari... And you leave the keys on the shelf and never drive it. I'm going to drive the fool out of that car. Man, I'm going to need a new set of tires in like two weeks. Maybe I'm just going to put that in the budget. It's guaranteed. And maybe a speeding ticket or two. I don't know. Um, I had some fun with that junk. I guarantee you. But, but it's like having something awesome like that and never tapping into it. And we say, yeah, that's, yeah that makes a lot of sense. But in, in our own lives, if you pause and stop for a second... Are you living an overcoming Christian life? Or have you allowed that old nature to have more ground in your spirit than it should? We choose. We choose whether or not we go back to that old nature. There's a choice there. There's a choice there to either live by the spirit or to let our flesh take control and revert back to who we were before Jesus set us free. And if we're going to skip down to verse 16 in Galatians chapter 5, and Paul spells this out. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Man, that, that right there, that is spiritual gold. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life so that you won't be doing what your sinful nature 
craves. That is the difference between overcoming in your walk with God and struggling your entire life trying to not go to hell. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to take control. Well, how does that happen, though? It's a product of relationship with Jesus. So, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Look at this. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It's like a storm going on inside of you. You've got your flesh and you've got your spirit battling it out. We've talked about that off and on through this series, but it's the reality that you can't escape. Um, It's going to be there, and if you don't draw close to God in your relationship with Him and allow your spirit to get strong, so that the desires of the Spirit overwhelm the desires of your old nature. Does that make sense, or am I talking too churchy for you? Okay, so, so if you don't get to that place, you're constantly going to be struggling, struggling with temptation, and struggling with the, the need to use discipline to deal with symptoms in your life instead of letting God cure the issue inside of you. That can only happen by giving Him access to do His work through His Holy Spirit. Okay? He does it. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. Our job is to get close to Jesus. Okay, so the truth of the matter is, if you've been saved for a time and some, and you're still struggling hardcore with that stuff, I would say honestly evaluate how much time you're really spending with Jesus. Too many people believe in God and go to church, and they have no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. That's not going to get it done. You've got to have a real, authentic relationship with him. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time just sitting before him and letting him speak to you. Going to church regularly is awesome. There's nothing Listen, you will thrive spiritually if you do that, but it cannot substitute your own relationship with Jesus. Okay? You've got to have a relationship with him. Now, here's what's crazy. Paul goes a little bit further, and he says, here's how you can test yourself on this. He says in Galatians 5, 19, he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So he's saying, it ain't no mystery. It is no mystery. When you're you're just going after your own desires, you're going after the desires of your flesh, or that sinful nature has got control, it's plain as day in your life. Um, Sexual immorality is one of those things. Impurity. Let's let's back up to to sexual immorality. What does that even mean today? What does sexual immorality even mean? It's anything outside of God's definition of how sex should take place between a man and a woman married to each other. Got to say that. (laughs) You're married to each other. Then everything is golden. Okay? Uh, No homosexual relationships. That's outside of God's definition. Um, Premarital sex, outside of God's definition. Um, Whatever, weird, freaky stuff, whatever. Anything outside of God's definition, okay, of a man and a woman married to each other is called sexual immorality. Anything inside those boundaries, though, is good. It is good. Let all the married people say, it is good. It is good. You can go buck wild crazy if you want to in that bedroom. Look, you get a trampoline, get a trapeze, put in a disco ball, 
man, I'm telling you, hula hoops, whatever, you can go for it, man. You can go for it. And it's good. It's so good. Why are so many women looking at their husbands going, no, no, right now? I just, I felt it. You guys watching at home, no, no, no. Do not do what the pastor say. That's just, but, 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 but anything inside the, the boundaries of God's definition is good. Anything outside of it is off limits, though. Impurity, what does that even mean? You should look that up if you want to sober yourself up spiritually. Um, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Look, he put dissension and division in there with sexual immorality and sorcery. Same list. Anything that causes any form of division is an act of the flesh. It's an act of the flesh or act of the sinful nature. It's crazy. Envy, drunkenness, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, which means the list could be bigger. But he's saying it's, it's so obvious when that is dominating your life because you begin to produce the fruit of the flesh and of the sinful nature and not the fruit of the spirit. Now, here is what's crazy. He says, let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, I got news for you. If you're here today, and maybe you prayed a prayer 10 years ago, 5 years ago, or you just believe in God and you come to church, if what I just read describes most of your life, listen, you're in dangerous territory spiritually. Not because I said it, but because I just read it out of the word of God. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I believe God's grace is going to cover me for a little bit. For a little bit. God's grace covers you as you grow in your walk with him. And we all are going to make mistakes as we grow in our walk with him. Okay, but this is not describing somebody who's growing in their walk with God. Someone who's growing in their walk with God is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And Paul is saying, hey, this is how you know. This is how you know. Just look at your life. If your life is like this, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, and some stuff needs to change because this is evidence of a lack of relationship with Jesus in your life. And because you have a lack of relationship with Jesus in your life, you're in big trouble spiritually, and it needs to get right. That's what he's saying here. So self-control, self-control now becomes a tool to help us with this stuff. Self-control is, is more than saying no. It's letting the Holy Spirit lead us. How does self-control kind of tie into what we're talking about here? Well, Romans 6.12 um, says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Self-control spiritually is a fruit of the Spirit that helps subdue and control the desires of your old nature. Does that make sense? So as as... God is changing your desires and producing his desires in you for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All that being produced, self-control helps you spiritually now take the reins of your desires. Not the symptoms, okay, but the core problem. And get it under control 
so that your old desires do not dominate your life, but you have self-control over them through the power of the Holy Spirit to then choose to operate in the freedom of the Holy Spirit as he leads you. Big, 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 big difference. And I, I was thinking of a way to illustrate this because some people mentally have a problem with, with putting this together. And have you ever seen somebody walking a dog before? Have you ever seen somebody walking multiple dogs before? You're driving down the road and you see somebody walking a dog. Yeah. I was watching somebody walking a dog one time. I was sitting at a red light and it was a gorgeous dog. And the dog did what dogs do sometimes in the grass. And the person cleaned it up like they should have done. And you don't want to leave that stuff for somebody to discover later. And so they cleaned it up, but I saw something I'd never seen before. After they cleaned it up, they took out a wet wipe. Yeah. And cleaned things up and then threw it in the bag. With, yeah. At that point, who is walking who? I mean, really, who's walking who at that, at that point? And I guess the bigger question that falls in line with that is who is really walking who in your life? Who is walking who spiritually? Um, I've got a video I'm going to show you of someone trying to walk a group of dogs. You can guys, young, go ahead and play that. Um, so this lady's trying, but look at these dogs. They are, it's like controlled chaos once they start moving. Dogs are starting, dogs are stopping, they're walking under her legs right there, tripping her up, crossing each other. Doing, look, I mean, they're just, they're in proximity, but they're just doing their own little thing. And you can see her struggling to try to control all of the dogs and get them to go where she wants them to go. This is what a lot of us look like spiritually. Because we're trying to, through discipline, subdue the things that we would call sin in our lives. And because of a lack of relationship with Jesus, those desires are really walking us instead of us having control over those sinful desires in our lives. They just drag us everywhere. Some of us feel like we can't get control over lust in our lives or we can't get control over anger in our lives or we can't get healing from the hurt that we've experienced in our lives and it walks us just like it's walking that lady in that video. And I'm here to tell you that God gave us a tool through the Holy Spirit called self-control to help us subdue those desires in our lives just as a byproduct of our relationship with him so that they don't drag us everywhere so that we can get control and resolution over that stuff. Now I'm going to show you another video. This is a guy walking another group of dogs. Go ahead and play that. Now watch the control and watch the discipline. And look how he has no leash at all. And this is in public. Cars are zooming by. People are walking by. Complete discipline over these dogs. Look at this. No leash. Look at how they're responding and behaving. Who's in control in that situation? The guy is, no doubt. They're walking in step, in line. This is how God intends us to live our lives spiritually. In control. Through spiritual self-control, subduing the desires of our lives so that they don't run us, but we run them. Make sense? That's how, he, that's how he equips us. I love that he didn't just say, I'm going to 
save you from your sin, best of luck, love you, God. He gave us the tools we need to be successful for life and godliness. Proverbs 25, uh, verse 28, reads like this. says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a broken, or like a city broken down without walls. What does that mean? Well, without walls, you have nothing to defend yourself. If you don't have control over yourself, and I'll go further and say, if you don't spiritually have control over your desires, you have nothing really to protect you from the temptation of the enemy. We sin when the enemy tempts us according to our desires, and we give in to that temptation, and then we sin. There's a process to it. Our desires have to be vulnerable in order for temptation to hook us into sin. So when we have self-control and the Holy Spirit's doing His work in us, it's like spiritual walls that come up to protect us. Because now we have the power of choice and we have a protected power of choice because we're letting the Holy Spirit be a barrier there to help us hit pause and to walk away when the enemy tempts. To walk away from the stuff that we would so easily normally fall into. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Too many people spiritually look like this photo here. A fence or a gate in the field. It's a gate in the field with no fence. How many cows do you think are going to stay inside that gate? None. They can run wild and go wherever they want to. Spiritually, too many of us look like that. We have a gate and we call it, hey, we call it, I, I believe in God. We call it, I've got a relationship with Jesus. We got, I, I go to church. I, I have, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But because we're not cultivating that relationship, the fruit of self-control is not there to build those walls. And we're like a city broken down. No walls to protect us. Anything, anybody can come in and come out. And as a pastor, I see more people struggle with this than anything else. And what that tells me is that what we need in churches and what we need in our lives and what I may need in my life from time to time is, is not another conference, it's not another message series, it's not another Bible study, or it's not Elevation Church dropping another hot worship song or anything. Or it, what we need is to strengthen our relationship with God. Because everything we need is inside of that. And, and all the struggles and all the things that we wrestle with, too many times we do that and we don't have to just realize we've got a gate up there that looks pretty, but we're not allowing the wall or the fence to be built in our lives. And God gave us everything we need for that to happen. So I guess I got a question for you. What is better than God's best for you? What's better than God's best for you? Is it a bottle? Is it a cigarette? Is it a pill? Is it the anger? Is it, it I, I mean, is it the anxiety? Is it the depression? Is it the, it, what, what is better? You see, th- there's all downside to it. Even the relationships that we pick over God's will sometimes that give us such a high, eventually that's gonna come down. Nothing's better than God's best. Jesus died so you could have God's best. He gave the Holy Spirit to us so that we could operate 
and our best for him without hindrance, in control of our desires so that they don't control us and lead us back to a lifestyle that Jesus died to set us free from. Christ set us free. Now we need to choose to walk and continue in that freedom. Are you free today? Are you in control of your desires through spiritual self-control through the Holy Spirit? Or they walk in you just like they were walking that lady in that video. Hey, the good news is, if that is a reality in your life, it can change today. And you can start a path towards walking in the fullness of everything that Jesus died for you to have. Moments like these matter because they're pivotal moments in our lives. And I know for some of you, This is going to be a defining moment. Maybe somebody watching this online right now or you're listening to it later. This is a defining moment for you. This is is one of those moments where you choose whether you're going to become God's best version of you or continue to struggle at your best effort at a jumbled up, chaotic life. And you don't have to live that way. You don't have to compromise. You can let God do his work in you. But it's all coming back to that real relationship with Jesus to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be produced in our lives by the Holy Spirit. Is our walk with God real? Is it consistent? Because if it's not, all you've got to look forward to for the rest of your life is your desires dragging you around while you feel guilty and defeated, wondering if there's more to your walk with God than what you have. And I'm here to tell you, there is. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for the truth of this moment. You guys watching on, online at home right now, just take a moment and close your eyes. And let's, honest evaluation in our hearts. Is Jesus really on the throne of our hearts? Or has life and the busyness and the responsibilities and going to this place and going to that place taken us off track spiritually and Maybe we need to get back on track. And I'm not saying you've turned around and completely walked away from God, but maybe you're leaving yourself vulnerable right now for the enemy, the devil, to begin to tempt you in ways that he hasn't been able to before because your walk with God isn't as strong right now as it has been in the past. Or maybe you're here and your walk with God is just non-existent. Well, that's something we need to correct, whether it's getting it right for the first time or we're doing kind of some maintenance if, if, if it were to make sure that we don't leave ourselves vulnerable because those walls are either up or those walls are either down and the deciding factor is whether or not Jesus is in control of our lives that relationship is fresh and real and current so I'm not going to ask you if you need to get saved all over again or anything like that but I want to Bring this to a point, and I want to challenge you to look at your life and give honest evaluation and say whether or not your relationship with Jesus is where it should be and could be right now. Whether or not that fruit of self-control is in full operation in your life or if your desires are dragging you around. Because if your desires are dragging you around and you're struggling with that stuff, I mean, in a real hard level, then that tells you, plain as day, some stuff needs to be adjusted. And I'm here as a voice of God just to, to, to encourage you, to, to be a warning to you to say, hey, tap the brakes and let's get this right before we go further. 
because the enemy's already plotting and planning to take you out. And if your walls aren't up, it's going to be all that much easier for him. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Say, Pastor Josh, you're right. I need to do a little bit of maintenance. There's some stuff that's out of balance. I need to bring back into balance in my walk with God. And I need to draw a little bit closer to Him and get more consistent so that the Holy Spirit can produce that fruit in my life, and especially self-control that bridges all of the other fruit together. I need to make that decision and make that change this morning. If that's you and I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you up front or single you out or anything I just want to know who I'm praying with this morning so if that's you on the count of three lift them up and look at me here we go one two three lift them up and look at me I see yours yours and yours I see yours and yours I see yours I see yours once you lift them up you can put them back down I see yours I see yours I see yours God speaking to a lot of us today speaking to a lot of us today I think that's so beautiful God's word is on time every time. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet, you know you need to. Just another second or two. I don't want to drag this out. I see yours. Praise God. He knows what he's doing. You know, it's funny. I was praying this week um, in preparation for this, and the Lord started showing me some stuff in my own life I needed to rein back in to continue to be consistent in my own walk with him. I don't think you ever get to the place where you're bulletproof. You always have to stay on top of these things in your life. One more time. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet. All right. Let's do this if we can. Let's all stand to our feet. If you physically can, do that big stretch. I see some tired eyes out there. A lot of people pushing hard this last week of work. How many of y'all are on vacation after today? How many of you still got to go back to work this week for a few days? A lot of us, yeah. Hey, we're almost there. Thanksgiving's coming. Hopefully you get the day off. If not, uh, hopefully you get a day off soon. Good word today? Yeah. But listen, this stuff serves to remind us. not to Listen to me. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel condemned. That's not God. The Holy Spirit convicts us to motivate us to change. So we grow closer to Jesus. That's the goal. Not to make us feel like trash or we don't have it all together. That's not God. Okay, that's the devil. God says, hey, 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 let's fix this right here because I've got so much more I want to do in and through you. I want you to become the beautiful person that I know I've created you to be and accomplish everything that I put inside of you to accomplish. And it's completely different. That's what we're talking about here. And that's, that's the whole purpose of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, is to equip us so that we can continue to grow and overcome our desires, overcome the enemy, overcome this world, and thrive spiritually, not living down here, but living up here the way Jesus intended for us to. It's what it's all about bunch of us lifted our eyes this morning and said hey there's some stuff that we need to adjust you know what that is okay so let's all go to the Lord right now and you just handle some business with him for this next few minutes I want to pray and you pray in your own way and let God do some stuff in your heart so let's all close our eyes and let's just get with God for a second Lord thank you for what you're speaking to us today God thank you for showing us areas that we could correct in our lives and 
steps that we can take to protect ourselves spiritually. Protecting ourselves spiritually means that we, we're closing the door on the devil's opportunity to use us to negatively impact other people in our lives. It means that we're opening the door for you to use us to impact people for your kingdom. So Lord, we're choosing right now to make corrections and adjustments and I'll walk with you because it's all going to come back to Jesus like Rachel was saying at the beginning of the service today it all comes back to Jesus he's the beginning and the end of everything it starts with him it ends with him Jesus thank you for setting us free and giving us the power to choose to stay free and not go back to that old lifestyle thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to equip us so, Father, we all make decisions right now, Lord, to draw closer to you and our relationship with you, to let you legitimately have that place in our heart and in our lives, Father, so that we're being led by your Spirit as your Spirit works in us because we have a relationship that's active with you. You made it so simple. All we got to do is hang out with you, and you do the rest. You do the change, but you give the power of choice to us. So, Lord, I pray that we all choose to lean into our relationship with you and overcome all of those desires and subdue them under the Spirit's control so we can better serve you. God, we give you glory and we give you praise for what you've done today and for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let's praise God for what he's done in our house today. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love it. I love it. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy your time. Hope you make lots of memories. Hope you have a blast over this next week. We'll see you next Sunday. Hey, get this. We're bringing in uh, Tara Nichols from the Nichols Center next Sunday. And she and I are going to have a discussion on Sunday about mental health and holiday depression and anxiety. And what we're going to do is equip you one to understand it a little bit better and what the Bible says about it, because the Bible says a lot about it. We're going to give you a game plan on to make, how to make sure that you stay healthy mentally and biblically healthy mentally. And we're going to equip you to be able to steer people that you may know towards getting help if they need help. It's going to be a powerful Sunday. And uh, if you're in town and not traveling, come back. It's going to be a great time. And I, I, think that, I think the church needs to be talking about this stuff more. What do you think? That's the reality. People are dealing with that stuff. So we want to be real and speak to people where they are. So that's what we're going to do. So let me pray over you real fast again and dismiss and let us get out of here. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for watching online today. Father, thank you again for who you are, for what you're doing in us, for what you're doing through this church. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that you've given us. Every door that you open, we're going to walk through not just as a church, but in our own lives, God, because we want, we want to make the most impact with our lives that we can because Jesus died to equip us to be able to do that. It's not about us. It's about what we can do to make Jesus known. So, Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise for an awesome opportunity coming up with hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, to be missionaries as we travel, to let your light shine to those that need it. We'll give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you so much for watching online. We love you. 
If you're a guest here today, hey, come say hey to me. I'm going to hang out in the front of the stage area here. I'd love to meet you before you leave today. We love you.